and look who's coming up. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, my name is Dean Millard, and it is uh, awesome to have you aboard today. Uh, I will apologize uh, in advance. Um, the really bad head cold, so I don't even know how good this is going to sound today. Um, but hopefully we will uh, struggle and emerge, uh, just like the Notre Dame Hounds on a daily basis. That is uh, former Oiler Ethan Morrow now heading up uh, the Notre Dame Hounds. Uh, on the show today, uh, we're going to get into some baseball. Blue Jays uh, losing 4 nothing to Tampa right now, so... Not good if you have Blue Jays uh, offensive players going for you, and I know a lot of people do. Kevin Gossman uh, on the hill uh, and uh, just gave up a home run. So we'll keep you up to date on what's going on there. Uh, the White Sox are beating up on Cleveland right now. 8-2 to two, uh, was the last time we checked. So we'll talk some baseball today. We're also going to talk some football as well. But Eric Grossman from WYC, what's your call sports? Baseball's... Baseball fans, home plate. Uh, we're going to talk some baseball, uh, particularly about, you know, some changes in baseball, how that's going to affect the superstars, etc. in the league. Obviously, some big changes coming up next year. Some big changes uh, could be uh, for this Blue Jays game, too. Springer, Bichette, and Guerrero coming up down for nothing. If they're going to get back into it, now is the time. And, of course, tonight we have Thursday night football. First game on Amazon, by the way. Ask Andy returns every Thursday. Andy McNamara will be here later on at 5 p.m. Eastern to answer your questions. Use the hashtag AskAndy on Twitter. We'll find it, and we will get your answers, get you the answers that you need to help you win your fantasy matchup. And our Dauber Hockey preview is the Florida Panthers. Looking forward to this team. I'm I'm not sure if they're going to be as offensive as they uh, were last year, but I'll let you guys decide that. By the way, big news from Dauber Hockey yesterday. Uh, the void has been filled when it comes to news. Roto World, NBC, Edge, gone for NHL. The player news feed will now be filled by Dauber Hockey. They have you covered, and we hope to have something exciting to announce with Dauber Hockey in the next a few days as well. So, how we start things uh, every day on the program is we have a question of the day. And uh, this is actually something that used to happen in my high school law class. And my friend Jeff and I would try to extend it for the whole class. Sometimes we would do this on our radio show as well. And sometimes this question would take over the show. So, if there is something that you do want us to talk about, and you're watching us on Twitch, chime in on the message board. First of all, tell us where you're watching from and what you would like to chat about. Uh, we love to uh, participate in the interaction of the show. But our uh, question of the day, what is your favorite hockey goal ever? Now, this could be one you scored yourself. Or it could be one you watched. I'm going to leave that up to you. If your favorite hockey goal ever is one you scored in beer league, have at her. Describe it. Go nuts. 
But if your favorite hockey goal is, say, Jordan Eberle at the World Juniors, I'll accept that as well. John Slaney at the World Juniors, that's my favorite World Junior goal. Saskatoon 91 from the point. Mike Bossy in the Canada Cup, the Gaty one, scored a really nice goal as well. The Sean Horkoff goal in overtime for the Oilers in 06 against the Sharks, triple overtime, set up by Ryan Smith with no chicklets. That was a nice goal. But today, my favorite goal just happens to have happened 35 years ago today. And now, a lot of people know this goal for two players. I know this goal for one guy. Today is the 35th anniversary of the greatest decoy in hockey history. The greatest fake out of all time. The greatest psych we got you ever. 35 years ago today, Larry Murphy pulled off the greatest decoy. Our Chuck wins it in. Here's Lemieux poking at the center. It doesn't get any better than that. Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, the third game, Canada Cup 87. I mean, 6-5, 6-5, 6-5, every single game. And how about this interference from the great one, Dale Howarchuk? And there's, look at Larry Murphy. The Russians had to have thought, do we take Gretzky, Lemieux, or Murphy? Like, that's a tough choice. The greatest, now he is a Hall of Famer, but it's obviously going to Mario Lemieux. The celebration was on. Canada would go on to win that third game, 6-5. to five. And that is, for me, the my favorite goal ever. And so, I love this one part. I'm just going to uh, bring the camera back in. See up here in the right-hand corner? It's an autograph from Dale Howardchuck. Ducky was key on this play. Watch it again. Watch off the... Now, this is obviously interference, but it was not called. Even Dale Howardchuck said you could pretty much do anything back then. But off of the face-off on this play, you're going to see Dale Howardchuck up the middle, right here. Look at that. Knocks number 27 off. Clearly, that guy could have caught Mary Lemieux, but it wasn't called. Brilliant. Play by Dale Howarchuk. Obviously, Gretzky, smart to not go to Larry Murphy, although Murphy was wide open. He probably would have had a tap in. Lemieux probably could have given it, given it to Murphy for an easier goal. Let's be honest. But still, 35 years ago today, my favorite goal of all time, Canada Cup 87. So that is the question of the day. What is your favorite goal ever in hockey? Chime in. On the message board, on Twitch, tell me what your favorite goal is of all time. Or if you're on Twitter, at Duck Millard, 
at UFS Network. Best goal, favorite goal, whatever. And and as mentioned, it, this could be your goal. The first goal I ever scored was on my own net. So I'm not going with myself. And that was when I was before I became a goalie. So your favorite goal of all time. We'll circle back to this uh, throughout the program. But we also have a top three to discuss. And uh, today we're discussing a top three um, because of like some sadness, actually. Not in the fact that uh, somebody has died, but somebody is retiring. And that is Roger Federer. Uh, announced that he will retire from the ATP Tour and Grand Slams following the Laver Cup next week in London. This is this is sad. It, this is I feel the same way as I felt about Serena, except we're not going to get as magical a last tournament with Roger Federer. So, in honor of feds which is also my wife's nickname who are your top three favorite tennis players we could talk about the greatest but that happens all the time i want to know your favorite so we're doing your favorite goal and your favorite tennis players today i'm going boris becker my all-time favorite loved uh the diving especially on grass john McEnroe was my favorite growing up because he was out of his mind a lot of the time. And Michael Chang, just simply for what he did to Ivan Lendl, what he served on their hand. So Federer, 41 years old. Uh, he's played more than 1,500 matches. He's been active for over 24 years. He's a 20-time Grand Slam winner. But he's been in the mass unit for years now. Two knee surgeries in 2020 alone. And his last competitive match was uh, the 2021 Wimbledon uh, quarterfinal. So I hope that Rafa Nadal and Novak Djokovic thank Roger Federer a lot because he pushed them to greatness just like they pushed them pushed him to greatness 22 grand slams for Federer or uh, Nadal rather and 21 for uh, Novak Djokovic Nadal by the way said dear Roger my friend and rival I wish this day would have never come it's a sad day for me personally and for sports around the world it's been a pleasure but also an honor and a privilege to share all these years with you he was great but listen this is this is what happens we get old and so do our favorite players and athletes. <laughs> Sometimes we think that they uh, they don't age because they're athletes and they're superstars, but father time is undefeated. And uh, it's sad, but this is what happens. Uh, athletes get old. And, and I just really hope Roger Federer somehow stays in uh, tennis, just like uh, we saw Serena Williams say she was going to stay in the tennis game. Uh, let's hope Roger Federer stays in uh, the tennis game as well. All right, Chiefs Chargers tonight. We've got some starts and sits for you as we approach what is going to be an awesome game. Now, this is what we thought last Thursday, though. We thought last Thursday was going to be a terrific game, 
And it was for one team. It wasn't uh, for the defending champions. The, the Bills looked great. Uh, one more thing I want to point out. Uh, today is uh, Roberto Clemente Day in Major League Baseball. I am lucky to have a Roberto Clemente jersey that my wife bought me uh, for Christmas last year. So I just wanted to uh, make uh, mention of that. Uh, obviously killed in a plane crash on New Year's Eve, taking supplies uh, to Puerto Rico, uh, who was, which was devastated by a earthquake. So Roberto Clemente Day in Major League Baseball, uh, not only a great humanitarian, but a hell of a player as well. Uh, just a terrific uh, hitter, uh, spread it all over the field. So, starts and sits, Chargers and the Chiefs. And we'll start with home team, Mahomes, nearly perfect last week, 30 of 39, 360 yards, five TDs and no picks. It's funny, last week, DraftKings had him at uh, plus 900 as the NFL MVP. Good luck. You need Carmen Sandiego and Nancy Drew and a whole bunch of others to find those odds anymore. You're not going to find those odds for Mahomes. It could have been an even bigger night against the Chargers uh, tonight. J.C. Jackson is questionable for L.A. The cornerback missed last week and was listed as uh, limited on the walkthrough this week. The Chargers defense did pick off David Carr three times. So you'll have to worry about Mahomes having a little bit more danger to worry about than he did with the uh, Cardinals. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I sat him in favor of Josh Jacobs and Javante Williams, and he scored a pair of TDs last week. He had a combined 74 yards. Mahomes is spreading the ball, so most KC players won't get the touches you might be hoping, but that could mean more touches out of the backfield. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, uh, there was a question, I think, going into last week, who was going to get the ball more, and while Isaac Pacheo ended up with more carries and yards, that happened when the game was not in doubt. McKinnon was number three, so he wouldn't be sit, uh, starting in my lineup this week. Juju Smith-Schuster, as mentioned, Mahomes is spreading the ball around, but Smith-Schuster hauled in his share of targets. The former Steeler had caught six of eight passes that came his way for 79 yards. No trips to the end zone, but still very productive in his Chiefs debut. Get him out there tonight. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I'm, I'm on the fence on this, and I'm really looking forward to Andy's advice on this one. He caught every pass uh, thrown at him last week. Four catches for 44 yards. He's third or fourth option. So, if you obviously, if you have like a number two option on another team with a good quarterback, I would opt for that. If you don't, he still might get you double-digit fantasy points. And, of course, Travis Kelsey, arguably the best tight end in the game, is a start for you. Big week, nine targets, eight catches, 129 yards, a touchdown, 26 fantasy points. He was only bested uh, by Mahomes. On the Chiefs. Now, on the other side of things, Justin Herbert, like Mahomes, automatic start. Didn't have as big a week as Mahomes did, but still put up 29 points with three touchdowns. He had almost 28, 280 yards and, and no picks. He's beaten the Chiefs once in three times, and it was uh, dramatic. He hit Mike Williams on a game-winning touchdown with 32 seconds to go, but the other two games were close as well. One of them ended on a Harrison Butker 58-yard overtime field goal, the longest overtime field goal in history, and Herbert... Really good under pressure. Number three in the league in quarterback rating. Number two in passing yards under pressure. And the second most TDs under pressure since 2020. The guy ahead of them, though, is Mahomes. So this is going to be an awesome night for sure. What Herbert won't have this week is Keenan Allen. He is injured. That's why he's not on our start sit. So make sure he's not in your lineup. Austin Eckler. Down first week, despite the Chargers' victory over the Raiders and the 36 yards, no TDs, and eight fantasy points, had people 
who took him first or second in the drafts, freaking out. But he did also have 32 yards in the air. However, the Chargers as a team rushed for less than 80 yards. That's going to change this week. Eckler will be grinding it at a good chance he explodes. Uh, Joshua Kelly sitting him is easy. Eckler is going to get fed. With Keenan Allen out with a hamstring, Mike Williams is the undisputed number one guy. And like Eckler, he's going to see the ball. He had just four catches last week, but he will be large tonight, just like last year. 122 yards, two TDs for almost 30 fantasy points against the Chiefs. Uh, Joshua Palmer looking like a decent number three wide receiver, a flex option with Allen out this week. He wasn't a factor last week after a lot of preseason hype, but when Allen was out, he did rack up 66 yards and a TD last year, so he could step up and deliver double-digit points tonight. Still a risk, though. He has only delivered a top 24 week twice in 18 games. And I don't think uh, Gerald Everett will have a repeat game like he did last week when he caught a touchdown. But he could develop into productive low-end tight end. He did have modest career highs last year in Seattle, but I do not see him seeing uh, double digits in uh, targets this week at all. All right, uh, that's a little start and sit for you as we get you set for the Thursday nighter. Big afternoon of baseball right now. A couple of games on the go. The White Sox, uh, actually that one's over, 8-2 over the Guardians. Blue Jays, they're down 4 nothing right now to Tampa Bay. Speaking of the Blue Jays, we're going to chat with a guy who used to work with the Blue Jays and uh, also is involved in baseball uh, and, and something that's really cool. What's your call sports? Uh, Eric Grossman is going to join us uh, when we come back, and we're going to chat about uh, some changes uh, coming up in the baseball world. Uh, obviously, there's some rule changes next year, how that's going to impact things, the future of the game, and uh, the immediate future of the Toronto Blue Jays as well. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. We're back in just a second.
righty. It is 422 uh, Eastern Time, 222 in uh, the Mountain Time Zone uh, where I am located and uh, really excited to, to be diving in and uh, talking some baseball uh, with our next guest. Uh, he uh, worked for the Blue Jays uh, for 15 seasons uh, and now is involved in What's Your Call Sports. Uh, Eric uh, Grossman is joining us. Eric, I hope I pronounced your your name uh, last name properly. We haven't actually formally uh, met or <laughs> chatted. Is it Grossman or Grossman? It's Gr- uh, Grossman. Grossman, excellent. Well, welcome yeah. uh, to the program. Uh, first of all, um, this is uh, the the one of the most exciting times in sports. We have all these sports starting, and we have baseball rushing to the end. Does it feel different this year? You've been involved in baseball for so long, and still, does it feel different with a lot more playoff spots up for grabs, or does it make it more exciting for you? I mean, for me personally, I think. Well, first off, thank you for having me on. Dean, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, for me, I I'm fine with like I like it's it is exciting. It's more it's more exciting. Look, I've like like I can refer to it. Like you know, having been you know I worked for the Jays for 15 years. There were there was a time back you know I started in 02 to 2017. There were many many years where we're competing against when I was with the Jays. We were competing against the Red Sox and Yankees every year, right? And we just didn't have a chance. They were they were just too loaded. They were just too good. But yet we were still a good team too. So there was no space, there was no room for us, right? And you and you know this, by mid-July, you know that you basically have no shot. So then it's not as much fun because you kind of like the end of the story is already kind of written. So in this case, if we were, if that applied today, it would be so much, it would, it, it gives you a little extra, oomph, you know, to get going, to get, you know, to go to work and to, and to do all those kind of things. So I love it. I think it's great for the, it's great for the fans. You gotta, you gotta do it for the fans, right? That's really yeah. what it's all about. It is. I mean, and and even still, more teams in the playoffs. And you, I was watching a Royals game the other day, and I don't even know if there was anybody there. I mean, so many teams, like you yeah. said, are so out of it. So this is so much better uh, for the fans and, you know, for the fantasy uh, players as well. You know, we're a fantasy show, and it's it's great when more teams are involved because, you know, more guys are in the action that, that means something. And uh, I, I just think it's, you know, baseball is, is one of those sports that sometimes is loath to change. And for years and years and years, the same thing was happening. Remember when it was like two teams getting in? It was so bizarre. Yeah. So this is just progressive. And, you know, I, I love the throwbacks and things like that. But if sports don't evolve, they die. And and baseball has to evolve, get more teams, get more fans, more interested uh, for the whole season. That's what it's all about. Like, it is about evolving. It's okay to change. It's okay. It's You know, it's... If it's for the better, it's for, if it's for the better fan experience, then you got to do it. That, that's that's my approach anyway. I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, so I want to. We're going to talk a little bit about you know baseball now uh, compared to baseball pre analytics, and you know analytics is one of those things that has taken over every single sport. Um, overall, uh, do you think analytics has improved baseball? There is a lot of people that would disagree with that and say it's turned baseball into a home run competition. What yeah. are your thoughts on analytics and do they get a bad rap and how have they changed the game in your opinion? Yeah. So that's a loaded one. That's a great one. So <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is two different ways. So there's the, from the team standpoint. Okay, so the team has to do whatever they can to win the game. That's, re- that's what it's all about. 
and analytics definitely helps with them to prepare and to like to to win just that's it right from a from a fan perspective i don't like i don't like it because i mean and i'm i'm new age like i like new things like new you know tech and all and all those kind of things and analytics I, i'm i'm fine with that stuff but i don't want to it feels like sometimes i'm watching an algorithm on the field as <laughs> we're you know as i'm watching so for example like if you're watching netflix and you watch a show or you watch a or you watch a movie, it'll tell you, oh, since you like that one, I'm sure you'll like these next five or something, right? That's what it feels like I'm watching. So everyone is where there's, every defender is where they're supposed to be. So the days of like, I loved watching, me personally, I loved watching Tony Fernandez play shortstop for the Jays mm -hmm. and Roberto Alomar play second base for the Jays. I, I just enjoyed it because they would go in the hole. You remember the Fernandez plays? They would go, he would go like behind 30, do that flip. I never knew how he was able to get it over there in time, but he always did it. These days, the third baseman's just making a clean play because he's already, the third baseman's already standing there, and the shortstop's behind second base, and you have another guy in right field. So, like, you're taking away again. If you go back to the fan aspect, it's not great for the fan because it's just again, it feels like you're just watching algorithm. I'm just watching. I'm watching the analytics play out. I'd rather watch. Tony Fernandez was a great shortstop for a reason. The players on the field are there for a reason. So let's see what they got. If they're already ahead of the game. It's not cheating, but if it's ahead of the game, well, <laughs> there's not much to watch, really. It's just kind of like play and go, play and go, play and go, mm -hmm. right? So I miss that part of it. But from a team perspective, it makes total sense. Got to do what you got to do to win. Yeah, I get, like I look at the shift and, and, and my reasoning, like I, I host the baseball show and I like to end it every show saying ban the shift because I want it, I hate it. Yeah. Uh, I hate seeing Manny yeah. Machado play right field. It just is weird. Yeah. But yeah. to me, the shift is baseball's version of the trap in hockey. It's just, it's, you know, the trap. Remember yeah. the New Jersey Devils won Stanley Great Cups point. and lots of teams clogged up the neutral zone so you couldn't do anything. And, and baseball is just clogging it up. I love the range. Alomar, Fernandez, Ozzie Smith, the, the great players. We don't get to see the range as much. Like I'm watching this Blue Jays game right now. The ball was hit exactly at Chapman. Like, and he was, he yeah. was right there. And it's exactly you're, you're, because you're, they exactly, know exactly. That, that's it. So I think just the shift in general is going to be so huge. It's going to help a lot of players, obviously, because there's going to be holes again. Do you think we're going to substantially see averages and um, things like that rise uh, next year? Oh, that's, that's another great question, Dean. Like, I do. If 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 the shift is gone, then you got there's more areas now. There's more areas. And like, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, well, why don't they just hit it where they're not? Like, why is it, why don't they just, you know, if I had a dollar every time, it, first of all, I mean, you know, right. It's like, A, it's not that easy and B, but that's what they want. The reason why they're giving it to you is because they want you to do it. It's like a mouse trap, right? You set yep. the trap, mouse will take the, you know, no, I'm not going there. It's That's what you wanted to do. Right. So um, that's why people are, that's why the guys are still going for the fences, but like, that's a great example about the trap. Like I never thought of it that way either. Again, what's the incentive? right? What's the incentive for the team? Well, we're going to play a trap because that's the way our team is built and it's going to really be really boring, but we're going to probably win a lot of hockey games. Incentive for the fan is to be entertained. So again, it, it, it always comes back for me. It always comes back to that. But yeah, I, I would imagine averages would go up if there's more, more areas to hit them in, right? Yeah, and the, the yeah. bigger base is inter interesting to me. Like, I don't think immediately we're going to see a whole lot more steals, but I think maybe in the second half of the season we might because managers are going to realize that 
you know, I just have a better chance of, of getting there, that extra whatever half yeah. inch, whatever it might be. So I think my, it might be cautious for a while. And what it might do is just create more attempts, which should create more steals, which should create more exciting baseball. More I don't know if it's going to happen right away, but that's obviously the logic behind it. And I hope we see a, an uptick, at least in the second half, when, when teams have had a chance to study it a bit. But that's just it. Like, it's isn't it, though? Like, the stolen bases... That aspect of it, that's fun. Like if, again, I'm always going to think about it from a fan. If I'm going to take three hours or three and a half hours of my day to go to, to go to a game and to, and to watch the game, to be entertained, that's what I, that's what I want to see. That that's the fun part. Did you know that there's only like, I don't want to sound like a, an educational thing here, but like there's only, if a game is an average of, let's say 315, I think it is, or 310, I think is an average game. There's only 30 minutes. I heard 30 minutes of real live action, like actual, things happening in fair i don't even know if it's counting foul balls so like i believe wow. it's just in action 30 minutes of the third of the three hours is actual baseball moves <laughs> right so wow. that right there is yeah you know people don't you don't really think about it like that but you want to be entertained and and it, you got to do it from a from the fan perspective it has to be like that's really you know you look around like you said in kansas city nobody's there maybe because the team's not good maybe maybe not i don't know but you know attendance is down there's no question about it so how are we going to fix that i think that's really what they're trying to do here right yeah how are we going to get uh, more people sure. to actually come in and watch the game like in person yeah and one of those things is is making the game shorter and that's why pitch counts are, are going to help because people like people's attention spans the, the, the you know kids don't have three hours a lot of times so i think the pitch counts are good do you ever see like uh, you know you can watch a game every single night and pick out strikes and balls that missed and all this stuff. Do you ever see Major League Baseball actually going to robotic umpires? I don't ever see it actually happening, and I'm torn. On one hand, I love, I, I complain about bad calls, but I like the human element. So I don't really know, as much as I want to get it right and I like instant replay, I do like the human element of the game. Where do you sit on that? Oh, for sure. Like, I, I love the human element human element of the game like everybody makes mistakes the players make mistakes the managers make mistakes like it's just that's just what happens right but you know this thing like this the robotic umpire kind of thing like it's weird because every umpire has their own version of what a strike is like you would think it's so like automatic it's like it's so uniform but really it's not if you if you had 10 different umpires or five, you know, five different umpires call the same game i guarantee you i guarantee you you'll see a mixed result of all the pitches, like of most of the pitches. That's the thing. Like when I, I remember when I was with the Jays, the scouting department, they had to factor in who was umpiring behind the plate right. that day. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and here's the thing about robotic umpires, the other part. So it's a camera that's in the, there's three cameras that'd be set up in the back and it'll tell the umpire if it's a strike or not. Right. right. So the umpire is still behind there. So they get something in the ear. It's like an ear, like an ear pod. They'll be like ball strike. Right. So what, what the only good thing it's going to do, I think, is like, you know, you know the plays where there's either a stolen base or there's a cross-up between the pitcher and the, and the catcher where the catcher has to stand up for something. The umpire has no chance of getting that right. Like, they can't see it. They're really right. just guessing at that point, right? So you're going to take the guessing out. And, again, you're taking out that objectiveness. It's like, well, you, you know, this guy thinks it's a strike. That guy doesn't think it's a strike. Well, now it's going to be the same for every single guy. And you know what's the other thing, Dean, is like, we all know about umpires. Like, so if, if during the game, a player, like a, let's say a batter or a pitcher, um, kind of like 
you know, does something where it bothers the umpire, like they kind of show them up or do it. They'll hold it. They hold these grudges. That's gone. The grudges is gone. And you know what else is gone? When it's a 10-2 game in the ninth inning or eighth inning and everybody wants to go home, right? Those, the umpire can't decide what, you know, if he's going to call a guy out. And a lot of times nobody would even complain because it's like, yeah, it's already been three hours. We all gone through seven pitchers already. Yeah, let's get a move on. I agree with you. That's gone because it's all going to be fair. But maybe for a pitcher standpoint, maybe if more calls are, are going to be right, maybe there's less pitches thrown. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe in it, starters can go longer. I don't know. I'm guessing, really, because I don't know how it's going to go. But I think we'll find out. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it'll be it's really interesting. And you're right; there'll always be an umpire there, and and they're just getting told what it is. And and that's something yeah. you know. When we talk a lot about fantasy and and impacts that are out of your control. You know, umpires making calls certainly out of our control. But something else that that you focus on a little bit too is managerial changes. And you know, you look at a certain player uh, on one team, and a new manager comes in. Maybe they're not as aggressive, and their stolen bases go down or different things. Managerial changes. Uh, and and I don't know why we don't we we, uh, we got to figure out a way to have a manager fantasy position as well or something that that takes into account some of those decisions. But that has such an impact on the fantasy forecast for the next year, whether it's mid season like we saw with the Jays or or off season. And yeah, you know, I think there's probably a few candidates for managerial changes just uh, when it comes to health. Tony Larusa um, in in Cleveland. Uh, there, there's obviously talk about potential change with with health as well. So. That's an impact that fantasy managers need to be watching out for, especially in baseball. Oh, for sure. I mean, you, you know, the manager, like an umpire, the umpire has a lot of influence on the game. They can, you know, they could decide, like, it's, it's, in, their, it's in their hands, right? Same with the manager. It's, they, the manager decides the line. Well, that's debatable sometimes now. <laughs> but, like, a manager is supposed to decide the lineup. A manager is supposed to decide how long a starter is going to go. The manager is supposed to decide – you know, um, what relievers to bring in. Um, yeah, so from a fantasy standpoint, from a managerial, a managerial fantasy um, aspect of it, oh, there's so many intangibles that go into it. And it's, it is such a hard job. I, I hope people understand that. I hope people know how hard it is. And a lot of the stuff's off the field. You don't see it. The best managers sometimes, I know this doesn't really work, for, or maybe it does work for fantasy. It's a lot of the things that happen off the, off the field mm-hmm. that makes, a, makes or breaks a manager, how they clear up those issues. Like those, there's always problems every day, every day. Yeah, it's you know you're you're you know you're juggling talent and you know this is professional sports. You're you're also jugg- juggling egos and especially in a sport where guys are put in great lineup positions sometimes. The you know the heart of the order and not so great lineup positions sometimes as well. And figuring that out is a science and that can have a huge impact on your fantasy player too, where they get stuck in the lineup. You know George Springer was a, a leadoff guy in Houston and, you know, different guys move around. So that's also interesting because baseball, you know, just like hockey, you get put on a first or a second line, you get put in the third top of top half of the order. You obviously get more opportunities. That's just it. There you go. It's all about, yeah. Right. So like if you're, it, it's so true. If you're batting first, then you might get a different selection of pitches throughout the game. If you're batting third or fourth or fifth, a lot of it depends on where you are. So who's in front of you? And if there's a better hitter in front of you, a pitcher might exhaust themselves on that pers- on that player. And when they get to you, they're like, oh, okay, now we can kind of not relax, but I can start throwing more fastballs and that player will benefit from it. So there's a lot of things at play. And, and the manager's job is always to make sure that 
it's in the team's best interest, not necessarily the player's best interest. But again, depends on the manager, depends on the team, depends on the player. There's so many intangibles that are in play always. It's a tough yeah. job. It, 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 it really, really is. Um, so you were with the Blue Jays for 15 years, obviously, uh, 15 exciting years. And, you know, now the excitement is back. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're losing today. But uh, this is certainly an exciting team. And, and I look at this team, and uh, so much hype was obviously with those young hitters. I just love this pitching staff, and it's really grinding. Like, what Ross Stripling has done in the last little bit has been incredible. Uh, Gaussman, Alec Manoa has been awesome. I, I don't think this pitching staff is getting enough credit because I think the hitters get so much of the hype. I'll just say this. I don't want to play them. I wouldn't want to play them. I wouldn't want to play the Blue Jays. I really wouldn't if I'm another team because what, you know, go look at the success of the um, previous winners. Like, what do they have that the other teams didn't? Three solid, three solid starters, right? Three solid starters, awesome offense, great closer. Like they got all the makings. They got all the makings. It's all there. I, I actually, to be honest with you, I would pick the, I would pick them. I really would. Over anybody I think they in have the American best League? shot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would be. I mean, if you ask me, I, I, I'd say them. I would. I, I wouldn't want to play them. I, I like them, and I like. And I like Houston yeah. um, from, from what I've seen. But again, you know what? It doesn't matter because like everyone, like the Yankees, everyone, you know, Yankees, 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 great. Like they could win too. Like why not, right? They're, sure. they're a great team. They're the Yankees. But I don't want, like when it comes to playoff time and if Aaron Judge doesn't have any home runs or if he's batting 215 or whatever, and everyone's going, oh, you know, Aaron Judge is not showing up. You know, he's not performing well. Well, you know, it's not fair. <laughs> you know, it's not fair. Like, to put like for baseball, you can't put anything on. You can't put anything on one player's shoulders for baseball. It's just so hard. Yeah. Unless you're like a, a closer or something, because that's they're gunning for you. Like they they're they're told that the opposing team is told. I don't care who beats. I don't care if any other eight guys. Fine, like shake their hands. We are not going to let Aaron Judge beat you. So what I mean by that is like Aaron. What's going to make or break Aaron Judge in the playoffs is if he doesn't swing at bad pitches. Because he's going to get a whole bunch of bad pitches. They're going to say, just, just take first, please. Like, yeah. <laughs> just go. Like, so if he starts swinging at bad pitches, it's over for him. If he leaves those pitches, if he leaves them and leaves them for the next – just take a walk and leave it for the next guy, at some point they'll be like, okay, you know what, guys? we got to pitch to him now because there's gashy guys on base. Like, we're going to have to do this at some point. Yeah. And if he's patient, I'm telling you, that was what made Jose Batista so great. It wasn't the home – of course, it was the home runs, but right. it wasn't the home runs with Jose Batista. Jose Batista's success was because he didn't swing at the bad pitches. He was so patient. He's like, at some point, they'll have to pitch to me. I know they will. Yeah. And right? that's what so, led to the home runs. Yeah, and that's what led to – exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, because they're so – the Yankees are so one-player dominant, I like the, the balance for me is – so if this one player struggles, Aguero struggles, well, there's this guy. And if that guy struggles, well, mm -hmm. there's that guy. And if that guy struggles, well, there's two more guys ready to go. So – that's what that's for me. What I see, the Jays have they have what it takes. Yeah, I I don't know why anybody would throw a fastball to Aaron Judge. Like just like that's what I mean. Silly. Yeah, and and they won't. And if he's okay to if he's gonna, it's just to put all that on one player's shoulders. It's that's a lot. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be fun. It's exciting. Uh, hopefully, the Jays can get back into this. As we were talking, it's so funny. 
Two balls hit directly at Matt Chapman. <laughs> he didn't have to move exactly what you were talking about. So I'm glad that changes are on the way, and, and hopefully these changes can bring some excitement because I love the game, uh, but I know I, 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 it, gets, it gets tiresome having to defend baseball for the length and you know sometimes the, the, the boring games and things because there is so much great stuff about the game if you can just get into it a little bit. And that's going to take change, and change is coming. Absolutely. I, I do agree. And, and like, like you just said, like you got to look at, they, they got to look at it from a fan perspective. It has to be for the fans best interest. That's really, that's really what it takes. Like, like you said, like it's slower, like who wants to, who's sitting around these days, but you know, for three and a half hours, they're not going to get any, the people who are already there, like the base, like yourself, like baseball fans yeah. or, or me even like, if you're still going to watch, you're still going to watch. But if you want to collect the new generation, they're all watching faster, more crazy, more, digital sports like if you've heard of um fan controlled entertainment fan controlled football fan controlled football they're coming yeah. out with fan controlled baseball next year i know one of the i know one of one of the people who works there and just wait till that happens it's basically anything that you want um and the fans will dictate they, the fans will pick and choose what they want to see and what they what they don't you know so so that's what that's the new world i love what you guys are doing i think this is the next generation. Like this is this is what it's going to be. This is what sports consumption is going to be. And we just want to be entertained, right? Right. That's all it is. So whatever you have to do or don't do, is really what it's about. So everyone kept saying about Matt Chapman, great third baseman, great third baseman. All I kept hearing, great third baseman. Well, he's still standing in the same. Now he still has to make the play. Sure. Like he still can't do it. He still, still can't commit an error. He still has to make the throw. He still has to pick it up clean. Like, and I'm sure there's he's been challenged. But really, how great is he if if he's already in the they already know what they already know where the ball's going to go before they get there. So it's mm -hmm. the same thing like back to the Netflix thing. It's like, yeah, I know exactly what you are all about. You love these kind of movies and you love those kind of shows and you're going to watch them again at this exact time. You know all the answers to the test before the test is given to you. Exactly. That's really yeah, what it comes exactly down to. And I don't want to watch that. I want a little surprise. Yeah, <laughs> a little right. element of surprise, a little bit of like, you know, like third baseman's playing at third, short's at short. Really like it's that simple. That that's all I want to see. I want to see why these guys are in the major leagues to begin with their talent. It doesn't come out so much yeah, exactly. as, as much as it used to. Uh, yep. Quickly, let's talk about what's your call sports. Uh, tell us about uh, baseball fans home plate. Yeah. So what's your call sports is basically we're just, um, we like to share content. We're just sharing baseball content. We want the, like the people who are, you know, following us on YouTube or you know, any fans to, to give us their best call or worst call or their, their, judgment on how the umpires are doing it's a lot of times we just we isolate these plays we isolate you know a play at the plate you know like those ones now where it's like you know did the, the, the catcher is it obstruction did he not give the runner enough like all these new rules that were put in the which i don't think was good for the game now we're letting the fans make the call that's what we want to do that's why it's called what's your call because we want you to make the call we want to isolate those plays and we want to put you into the hot seat i want to put you Dean, I want you to be the umpire and call these plays in real time so you can actually see how difficult it is. We'll just throw up a play and you have to give it to us, right? Just throw it back and say, safer out. It's amazing how a fact can actually be argued. <laughs> Isn't it crazy in sports? Yeah. Like, like he is out by the definition of the rule book, you know, rule 6.13. The runner cannot obstruct this with that or that. But yet, but yet you still can get the call wrong on the field and yet you can still argue an actual fact because it's such a gray area. So, we're, we're all about that gray area. We're all about the discussion. And that's what, what's your call sports all about. We want to hear your opinion on, on how the umpires are doing and if these calls are made right. Cause you figure it's a major league umpire. You gotta like, 
you got to get it right. Like that's really what it's all about. You're there for a reason. So um, we want to, and we want to show people how hard it is. It's not easy in real time. It's easy when we have 50 different replays and even then sometimes, right? So here's the play. Here's what the call was, or even before you see it, what's your call, right? And we want to, and that's what we're all about, just sharing that kind of content. I love it. So you guys have a YouTube channel. Uh, you're yep. on Instagram, a WYC Sports. Same with Twitter yep. and TikTok. So basically, people yep. can find you uh, everywhere. Chime in. I I love it. I love the 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 debate. That's what you know. Like one of the reasons I got into sports talk radio is the debate. It's it's fun. You know, you can. And uh, I always say uh, uh, opinions, everybody can have them and it can't be wrong. Um, but, you know, then then you get into facts. And, well, my opinion is that he missed that call or whatever it is. So that's the beauty of sports. And, you know, hopefully people do it respectfully. And, you know, that's why what, what's even more important is, yeah, debate, but debate respectfully and, and have respect for your fellow fan. Sports. You're 100% right. Sports and debating is like peanut butter and jam, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. like they literally, they literally go together. And as long as you're doing it like nice, like it's, it's a nice, healthy debate, like there's literally nothing wrong with that. Like, like when I came up with like the, you know, the WYC, you know, what you're called sports, it was like, I always felt like there's three teams on the, anytime you're watching a game, it doesn't matter what sport, your home team, away team, and then the officials, right? Yeah. Whether the referees are, and they have such an impact on the game. Sometimes you go, you go and you leave that game. You're like, wow, like that call blew it. Like we lost because of this or we lost because of that or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they, they have sometimes just as great a factor as like the players on the field or on the ice or, or whatever. So that's why we created it just because it's, it's the third team out there that still has to do the job and, and we're there to, to, to isolate those plays and figure out what is it? What's the call? What is the call? That's, mm -hmm. that's the whole thing. We want to know your opinion. We know what the call is by how it was, but really, what would your call be? That's where That's the debate right. comes in. We're all about everyone's opinion. Everyone's opinion is great. Yeah, and, and everybody loves being armchair officials, so we, we, you know you have an opinion For on sure. a call and, and you voice it. So WYC Sports, what's your call, Sports? Eric, this has been so much fun. I hope we can do it again, uh, maybe closer to the playoffs or during the playoffs or something like that. Any, I would love to anytime. Excellent. Thanks so much, Eric. Take care. Oh, you take care as well. Thank you so much for having me on. You betcha. There's uh, Eric uh, Grossman uh, from What's Your Call Sports. Really cool. Check it out. Uh, Twitter.com slash WYC Sports. We all debate calls. We all do it. I was doing it during the World Juniors. I've done it a couple of times during this Blue Jays game. I watch a lot of Dodger games, and Eric is right. Every single umpire has a different strike zone sort of opinion. More than any other sport, I think baseball umpires are, are more varied than hockey referees, football umpires, things like that. But that's what makes the human element exciting. I'm not 100% sure I want robot umpires. I don't know. I just don't know if I do. I love the human element, even when it's wrong. You know, even with the the worst, probably the worst call ever on Galarraga's no-hitter, Jim Joyce making the, the, the out call. Even that, I'll take that every once in a while because I like the human element. Just me. So check it out. W-Y-C Sports on uh, Twitter, 
Insta, TikTok, they're all over the place. Still to come, Andy McNamara. Ask Andy in about 10 minutes' time. Get your fantasy football questions in. Use the hashtag AskAndy. Hey, Andy chiming in on the uh, Twitch message boards. Great to see Eric. Very interesting insider info from Eric. I agree. And uh, Tony just jumped on, guys. Hello. Hey, Tony. Thanks to everybody for chiming in today, wherever you're watching from. Let me know when we come back. Bold predictions. Uh, We can do anything. Last week, we did uh, the National Football League. But we can do anything when it comes to bold predictions. Baseball bold predictions. Hockey bold predictions. Season long or coming up for the weekend. You decide. We are back in just a second. Uh, 4.52 Eastern Time, 8 minutes time from now. Andy McNamara joins us for Ask Andy. Use the hashtag AskAndy on Twitter. We'll find it. Your fantasy football questions get answered today. What matchups are you concerned with? Ask Andy. Use the hashtag. We will get it out there. All right, uh, it is time now uh, for something I like to call bold predictions. And this can be for anything. I'm not going to limit it to football. You can predict anything when it comes to our bold predictions. I know we're going to win. I have that attitude. This was headlines on all the sports sections in New York. Mark Messier said, we will win game six. Talking about guaranteeing we're going to win. Yeah, that's right. That's the way we felt. He said we will win game six. He has just picked up the hat trick. Oh, remember that? Like, I the, the Namath one is a little old, but the Messier guarantee. We will win tonight. And the Moose delivers the hat trick. And, and of course, Major League and the Bunt. Willie Mays Hayes scores. So what is your bold prediction uh, when it comes to fantasy sports? Um, My bold prediction, and remember, this is bold predictions. So get out there. 
Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets leads the NHL in goals this year. That is my bold prediction. He's going to score 56 goals. Kyle Connor leads the NHL in goals with 50, what did I say, 50? I can't even remember. Whatever Aaron Judge has, 57. We'll say 57. What is your bold prediction? Drop it in the Twitch message board. Hit us up on Twitter, at Duck Millard, at UFS Network. And remember, we have Ask Andy uh, coming up in about six minutes' time. Your fantasy questions answered. But right now, we're talking about bold predictions. So... Another bold prediction that I'll make, and I'll make this one about uh, the this week in the NFL, week number two. And my bold prediction is that Jalen Hurts on Monday night torches the Vikings for four touchdowns. Three on the ground, one in the air. Jalen Hurts is going to have a monster game. That's my other bold prediction going into this weekend against the Vikings. Could be an interesting game, actually. Some, you know, Jalen does a lot of stuff with his legs. Kirk Cousins does a ton of stuff with his arm. It could be a high-scoring game, just like tonight. Tonight's contest is should be actually just out of this world. We'll go through our starts and sits uh, when Andy McNamara joins us. My starts and sits uh, from the contest tonight. But who do you pick tonight between the Chargers and the Chiefs? Whoever you pick, bet responsibly at BetUS. And use my 125% bonus when you use the link in my bio at Duck Millard. So head to at Duck Millard on Twitter. Click the link in the bio, get your 125% bonus, and boom. You're in the mix, baby. Betting on the Chiefs Chargers tonight. Chiefs are at home. Who do you got? Get your 125% bonus at BetUS. Use the link in my bio, at Duck Millard on Twitter, and you can put a little action on tonight's game. I'm still undecided. Uh, touchdown only league. I'm going to have to ask Andy. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Javante Williams, or Josh Jacobs? Last week, I went with Jacobs and Williams. They got shot out. Edwards-Alaire had two touchdowns. So I'm going to have to ask Andy when he joins us. That is going to be right away. Andy McNamara Coming up on the show. But as mentioned, if you want to bet responsibly, head to uh, the link in my bio at Duck Millard on Twitter and get the 125% bonus. I got the Chargers defense tonight. I know they picked off David Carr three times last week. Will they pick off Pat Mahomes tonight for a touchdown? Or will there be a return? How about this? How about this bold prediction? The Chargers are taking one back for six tonight. There's another bold prediction for you. I'm full of them. Tony's taking the Chiefs. They're at home. I would expect them to win. Mahomes was ridiculous last week. 
So I could definitely see that. But my bold prediction, the Chargers take one back tonight for six. I don't know if you noticed, but most of my bold predictions are about my own players. I'm trying to pump them up. I'm trying to do the, give them the Michael Sheen speech. Did you see that speech from Michael Sheen? Oh, my goodness. It was like Braveheart. It was wild. All right, Andy Mack on the other side of this break. I got to get some water. We got to get set up. Ask Andy coming up. Use the hashtag. Get your questions in right now for Mr. McNamara. He will join us on the other side of this break. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. After 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, about three hours, 10 minutes uh, from kickoff. Um, I hope that's right. My time zones get me confused all the time, so I apologize if my time zones. But it's uh, 6 p.m. Mountain Time is usually uh, the kickoff, so just after 8 p.m. Eastern. And we want to help you out. Uh, we are a fantasy sports network. So definitely we are focused on this game tonight from a fantasy perspective. Uh, we also like to, to bet from time to time as well. But it is time now uh, to bring in the man, Andy McNamara, as we bring you Ask Andy. My man, how are you? Dean, doing good, brother. How are you? I am outstanding. Uh, last week, uh, we had what an eventful week. There's just like my mind was blown from all the different storylines. I love the nights where we get to focus on uh, one game. And I got to ask right now. I got an Ask Andy question right here uh, in class right now. So, touchdown only league, Josh Jacobs, Javante Williams, or Clyde Edwards-Alaire? 
Who do you think yeah, I should? I got to start Williams. two of them. Two or three. Oh, two. Okay. You know what? Go Javante Williams for sure. Okay. And Edwards. See, the other ones are. are I like Clyde Edwards Alaire when I saw, but man, that target share is just a little bit much for me in Kansas City. I'm going to say Jacobs, but. I don't really like the other two options, to be honest. <laughs> like, well, that's what happened I got last to pick week. One, if I got to pick one, I'll say I'll say Jacobs. I'm just feeling, and you know what? We're going to get a better feel tonight because last week it was such a wipeout of the Cardinals that the game script was a little odd, right? Yeah. Same with the the 49ers Bears game because of the weather. Oh. It was odd, so we couldn't learn necessarily that much but i'd say you know let's go javante williams and let's go with jacobs all right yeah that's what i went with last week and alaire got the touchdowns but it was such an odd week so i think this week will be a more regular week and and you know denver will uh get something going but by the way was your head exploding during the like did you see peyton manning and the manning cast called like 61 timeouts in the final minute of that denver game Oh. Like, it just, it was one of the most, like, everybody in the world was saying, call a timeout and then give it to, to Russell Wilson. And it's like Nathaniel Hackett outthought himself. That's the thing. These coaches sometimes, Dean, they try to, uh, yeah, be, be geniuses, try to go uh, off the board. Sometimes the simple answer is the right one. Now, we also have to remember, too, with everything flying, it is tough to make those decisions. So, I sympathize to a very small point. However, that's why you're getting paid $5 million plus million to make those choices. And he even said after, Nathaniel Hackett was like, yeah, yeah, probably shouldn't have done that. It's like, well, <laughs> well yeah, man. So that, that's not good. And if you're Russell Wilson, you, <laughs> you have to kind of think, have flashbacks of like the Super Bowl that you lost with Pete Carroll, right? Yeah. Of like, uh, uh, can you just do the obvious thing? Like, just do the obvious thing. And the fact that he got so tangled up, that leads you to believe right away, you either have to see a significant improvement now, or you're going to have to make some changes when it comes to play calling, uh, a game clock distribution, whatever that might be. Because Denver is in win now mode, and mm -hmm. a loss like that in that AFC West just can't happen. Yeah, no, it, it can't at all. Uh, Blue Jays, by the way, uh, they just gave up another home run. They're down 5 nothing for uh, Blue Jays fans watching, so that's mm. not great news. So, uh, like I did last week, I did some start sits for tonight's game, and I'll throw them at you. Of course, everybody, uh, if you have an Ask Andy question, uh, please uh, hit us up on Twitter. Use the hashtag AskAndy. Drop it in the message chat board. We'll get your lineup decisions for tonight, for Sunday, uh, for Monday as well. But take a look at these uh Start sits from tonight. Obviously, some easy decisions. I, I based Edwards Alaire on a on a regular league, not just a touchdown league. But your thoughts on okay, the uh, the start sits uh, for tonight's game? Okay, let's go through the Chargers. Herbert, yes. Eckler, yes. Kelly, sit. Great. Uh, Williams, start. Good. I'm glad you went with Josh Palmer and Everett. Sit. Totally with you there. Here's the wrinkle that makes me nervous because I'm a Joshua Palmer truther theme. Yeah. Believe in it. I believe in him. From last year, he got the momentum going, the trust of Justin Herbert. DeAndre Carter last week, concerning, had a score, had some targets. Now, was that just weird play calling because Keenan Allen went out in game? Maybe. And Mike Williams is such an oddity. He, the, the talent is too much to not play him. Um, I just try to avoid drafting him personally, <laughs> and that's because 
over like if you look at Mike Williams overall last year, uh, I believe a wide receiver 12 in PPR. So that's good, right? You're top 12 guy. But you look have to look at the game points because you'll have ups and downs. He had most of his fantasy points in the first five weeks of the season, certainly most of his touchdowns. And then it was a tail up and too much of a roller coaster. So what I'm hoping is that Josh Palmer can elevate himself to the more steady, reliable target for Justin Herbert, either a match or surpass the DeAndre Carter wrinkle. has me a bit concerned. I'm interested to see how that plays out tonight. Yeah, and uh, Palmer, and we uh, the case lens. Palmer got a lot of hype, uh, as you mentioned in the uh, the preseason. Um, but last year, when uh, Allen was out, uh, he had a huge game, sixty six yards and a touchdown. So uh, I think there's uh, definitely uh, some potential. Okay, we'll get to the to the Chiefs in a second, but we have an Ask Andy question. Uh, Mike Evans is a bit banged up. Tough matchup with Lattimore. Do I keep him or pivot to Dotson, Renfro, Phillips? And that's coming in from Anthony. I think you have to stick with Mike Evans. Um, And the only reason is the injury right now is classified as of today as minor. I believe it's a calf. Um, Something to track, of course. But Chris Godwin is going to be out. So despite the potential one-on-one matchup that could be troublesome uh he's still the he's still going to be the top target yeah you, we uh, saw last week i believe uh, five five to six catches sensational you have to stick with the talent so i would rather err on the side of mike evans not doing well than take pretty much a flyer on any of those other guys all right uh disgruntled dad uh, has a question for ask <laughs> andy who do I start as my wide receiver to Palmer tonight or wait on Lazard maybe playing or Mooney? Uh, I know you're obviously high on Palmer, but what about the other two guys? Are they better options waiting? No, I don't think so. Especially Mooney. Um, again, anybody in that Chicago and 49ers game last week, you have to give a mulligan. That was just torrential down. I don't even know what weather pattern you call that, Dean. Was it a tsunami? Was it a down? I don't know. It was just a total mess. So you couldn't gleam anything from how's Trey Lance? How's Justin Fields in year two? How's player X and Y? You just can't do it. So we don't really know. And that's why, you know, Mooney might emerge or he might not. I have much more confidence in Josh Palmer in this case, for sure. I think you stick with Palmer. Uh, take the sure thing rather than a maybe for Lazard. Because what happens, you know, we get to Saturday and Lazard pulls up lane. Right. Then you're stuck, right? Yeah, you know so Palmer's number two Palmer. receiver tonight, right? So, you know, you have what a bird in the hand is better than, than two in the bush. That's it. That's uh, it. Okay. Mark uh, says half PPR, I need two. Edwards, Alaire, Penny, Henderson Jr. or Wilson Jr. Okay. So we need how many? Two? Two out of Edwards, Alaire, Penny, Henderson, or Wilson Jr. Wilson Jr., really, really uh, popular waiver wire pickup this week, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm going to say Henderson and Wilson. Let's go with the double juniors here. Let's go with the juniors. Ah, um, okay. And the reason, again, it's not like I dislike Clyde Edwards, Alaire. I, I just need to see how this pattern, this committee, because you got Pacheco who's there. You got McKinnon. There's, there's too much. And you're a pass first team. And Patrick Mahomes could always take off as well a little bit if he, if he needs to. Too much uncertainty. I, I don't like uncertainty in fantasy football. 
too much uncertainty. Darrell Henderson, um, shocker, last <laughs> week when uh, Cam Ak- hello, Cam Akers, what? And then Sean McVay was like, ah, oh, I think he needs a bit more energy. Well, Sean, that would have been cool if you would have told us beforehand, pal. Man, what a hose job that was to your fantasy team. My good, myself included. I went one of my leagues. I got thought I was pulling a good one. I got Cam Akers before kickoff. I'm like, okay, we got what happened. So yeah. now, at least for this week, it seems like Darrell Henderson should be the choice. I would hope that they work Cam Akers in more, but I'm not sure. And for Wilson Jr., again, San Francisco is very tricky. It I I kind of get flashbacks, Dean, to last year when. Everybody was taking Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Shanahan decides Trey should Sermon he doesn't like and tells us after week one when Eli Mitchell explodes and Trey Sermon got nothing that everyone drafted Trey Sermon that Eli Mitchell's the guy. Well, okay, so Jeff Wilson, you got the two rookies behind him. They, they may cut in a little bit, but in the meantime, it looks like at least, again, for this week, Jeff Wilson should be the guy. But you have Trey Lance who can run, right? You got Debo who can run. And again, we can get nothing from week one on how right. that's going to work because of the weather. But I would still err on the side of Jeff Wilson this week. So let's go Wilson and Henderson. The only good thing about that weather was the shot of the guy. I don't know if you saw it. He was holding his popcorn and the water fell. And he just had the oh. most defeated look ever. <laughs> he just stood there with water raining down on him, soaking his popcorn, and he didn't even care. I'm like, that is like... The, the pitcher from week one. That's just like, that's just a sad, wet pop. Oh, oh it's gross. It's, like, it's gross. It's terrible. It's like wet dog. Come it's on. terrible. All right. It's, let's, it's let's pretty, go back to the, let's back out to the KC start sits that I threw out there. And uh, you can go through my homework assignment here. Yes. Okay. So we did the Chargers. Let's look at Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Clyde Edwards, a letter because the run, even though we talk about the running back situation, a lot of the time you're not going to have a better option. And Clyde right. Edwards Alaire. So I like to start. McKinnon, yes, we're sitting. That again, Dean though comes in like, okay, who, who's get how, how are they being worked in? How yeah, like last week, Isaac Pacheo ended up with the most, but it was all in like the game was out of hand. Garbage. So I I that garbage time can win you fantasy, but don't base your yeah. start on garbage time. No, 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 you're you're totally right. And tonight should not be anything close to that. Although it shouldn't have been that with the Cardinals either, and it was. So, you right. know, who knows? Uh, I like Juju Smith-Schuster in this one, too. The, this was another thing. We knew Travis Kelsey was going to get uh, the lion's share of targets. Who is going to be next? Mm-hmm. It was Juju. So, I like that. And Juju's always been better in a number two receiver type of role. You're right. Now, usually it was, you know, another wide receiver. In this case, it's Travis Kelsey, and he can be number two. So, if you can put the focus not totally on Juju, and he's getting that secondary coverage – I like him, so I do like that start. Oh, MVS. Oh, he's yeah, such a wild I was re- card, man. I was so torn on this one, and I, I yeah. like, I w- this. I almost flipped a coin with this. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really tough, and the reason is, does he have big playability? Absolutely. However, so does that rookie Sky Moore, who had one catch for thirty yards. It's almost a bit of a wash in a guessing game, similar to. And you throw in McCall Hardman into that mix as well. Yes. Too much of the same type of guy to me, right? Like not, not necessarily the same size or height or whatever, but the same type of, of plays or boom or bust. Yeah. So, you know, what MVS in a, a flex spot. Yeah, maybe, you know, if you're doing a, 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 a showdown type of, 
head-to-head DFS contest for tonight, specifically Chargers versus uh, Chiefs, then I, I could get on board with that. But if this is for the full your full fantasy, you know, redraft for the Sunday for the whole weekend, I try to go somewhere else outside of MVS. All right, uh, for, we'll do some Ask Andy in a second, but we had uh, we're we're coming into week three of uh, some pretty cool matchups. Do you want to get to the top performers from UCFFL or UFAFL first? What do you want to go with? Oh, you know what? Let's go. We're talking NFL, so let's do UFAFL first from week one. All right. So here are your top performers uh, from last week. Ooh. Love the logos on these teams. Yeah, pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Paradise Blackhawks, of course, Chris Carter, Michael Vick, Terrence Crawford owned. New GM making a splash already. Our guy, Fernando Geronimo, that we met at the Fantasy Football Expo, taking over GM duties. He's been wheeling and dealing. He's trading. And you know what? He's got a pretty darn good fantasy quarterback. And you look at the numbers right there for Patrick Mahomes. Absolute money. No surprise. And the beast with Alex Highsmith coming up. You see the numbers there with the three sacks, grabbing on the tackles also. Very interesting. Now, they got those those bad Steeler colors that I don't like, Dean. You know, I, I see behind me. You know, I don't like those that black and, uh, and pea yellow. Uh, they call it gold. I call it, uh, you know, no. Uh, but Alex Smith, they're going to have to rely on him more because T.J. Watt yes. injured Peck out about six weeks. So does this, and this is always the question when you're missing a star, uh, especially when somebody else had such a great week like we saw with Highsmith. Does this help Highsmith? up those sets, get more opportunities, or do uh, do offenses, do teams hone in now on him since you don't have to worry about T.J. Watt? That's what we're going to find out. Yeah, and, and uh, honestly, I think it hurts because uh, there's just not as much pressure. Although, you know, he, and, and I think the focus is obviously going to be on uh, Highsmith. As far as matchups in week two of the ultimate Fantasy American Football League. Again, we're looking at some ridiculously amazing logos, but yeah, there's so there's obviously some intriguing matchups. Is there one that you have your eye on? Boy, first of all, guys, your, your merch, like shirts, mugs, all that, they all look gorgeous. UFFsports.com slash UFAFL. You can click on each team's logo as a team shop. You can go right there and get just sensational. If I'm looking at it, I like kind of the Hydra and Blitz move. You know, our guy, Phil, uh, Beavis, he's, he talks to me. He's not afraid to, to run the mouth a little bit. And he yeah. always makes things interesting. <laughs> we love Phil. He always makes things interesting. So uh, the Hydra matchup is uh, of interest to me. Uh, it, also, Warriors versus Hammerheads. Um, is simply, again, to see like how Warriors, one of the really rejigged teams, a, a team that Shoali took over and really tried to revamp. So that's another one that I have my eye on. Doom, of course, versus Turf Monsters. Doom, heavy favorite this week there. And um, interdivision battle, Circus Sports Show versus the Rowdies. And the Rowdies are a team here, Dean, where, again, year one, bit of bad luck as far as they lost a few, I don't remember how many, but a few by just like less than five points. Like just, you know what I mean? Like one of those seasons where one one break goes the other way and you're, you're looking good. They've done a lot of revamping. They have new part owner, Dan Esposito, former NFL running back owner in uh, uh, the UCFFL of Heroes University and in the American Football Legends League of Heroes um, FC, they are now in the UFAFL as a part of the Rowdy. So I'm interested to see that one. You got the heavy hitters of Circa versus the Rowdies and now new owner Dan Esposito with his professional uh, expertise jumping onto that franchise. 
Uh, that is so awesome. And you're right. The merch is legendary. So uffsports.com, hit shop, and there you go. Now, let's get to uh, something that not a lot of people have, but we do here at UFF Sports, and that's Ultimate College Fantasy Football yeah. League. You got some top performers uh, from week two, and then we'll get to some matchups for week two. For sure. You know, we look at offense, the Berserkers, Berserkers Academy, the first two weeks of the season, they've had a top performer. Lonnie Phillips Jr. on the defensive side last week. Evan Hall running back this week for Northwestern. And then on defense, Derek Parrish. What an absolute monster day for Derek Parrish of the Seven Seas Wrath universe. Like the Wrath, uh, the Mooch-owned team in, in all three leagues, right? So they, they, this is their, their beginning funnel now with the Wrath, which then feeds into Rage uh, in UFAFL, which then goes into Fury. You notice the theme of anger uh, in the American Football Legends League. But you look at what Parrish did with Houston. And what I love about the UCFFL, which is so different from uh, the NFL and the college side, is, Dean, you have 131, yeah. okay? You heard me right, Division One schools that you can pick players from. And you have 18 franchises with a 36-man roster. That means there are so many different possibilities of stars who are undrafted or who can come out of to us, I'm using quotations nowhere, <laughs> but certainly on their team, to be to be top performers of the week. And you can have, like we've been seeing uh, free agent auctions put up, put up in our uh, our transfer portal to, sw- to switch teams or be added to UCFFL clubs from teams all over the place who have had massive weeks. So that's the real intrigue on this, Dean. It's like, okay, you got your team, you got the players, but you still have so many options when it comes to player availability and teams that really, in this college league, this comes down to who's doing their homework. You know, who's maybe staying up a little late to watch maybe that Hawaii game with our guy, Zion Bowens. Yes. He, he hurt his leg, so I hope he's back soon. But you know what I mean? Like, Are you watching those smaller schools, the ones maybe a little bit and tracking and finding those gems that you can jump in and try to win on free agent who can make a real impact? Evan Hull wasn't on too many people's radar last week, I'll tell you that. No doubt. And and that's the thing is that, you know, almost every college game is entertaining. So you're, you're at least getting the entertainment factor. And now yeah. you throw in the fantasy factor. And, you know, we're looking at some of these logos. They're just as brilliant as uh, yeah. the, the UFAL and UFHL and all of our leagues, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, have brilliant uh, logos. And, you know, we see that seven C's logo in there again. Uh, but some interesting matchups on the uh, UCFFL docket this week weekend Uh, for sure and what's again what's really interesting with this college league is you can have and i would argue every game is almost a pick them each week whereas in the nfl you know and in the ufafl now you still really in the ufafl i i believe you make your money off of those sort of backup linebackers who come in not necessarily the star power but the depth here um college is so strange in it almost like gives a little bit of a CFL for our Canadian viewers feel where you can have a guy who balls out mm-hmm. and then for some reason the next week he's not playing or he gets, yeah. you're like, what, why, what, what happened? Because they have different, you know, you have your, your sophomores, your different, different tiers of players at different stages of their collegiate careers. So it is truly a pick them almost every week. Like, look at these logos, man. Like, come on, like, look at that rebellion state. Uh, uh, Garrett Jones and my guy Eric Metcalf old war dogs you that's gorgeous that's on Zion Bones and yeah. he got complimented around campus in Hawaii folks 
Zion Bones is wearing a War Dogs U shirt, and people love it. Kahuna Kings, look at that. Berserkers, we saw Scoville Ghosts. Uh, Walt Harris owned DVDJ State. Uh, and Terrace, like, look at all these. They're Alpha, Alpha, if you talk about NFL players, Charles Stackhouse, former fullback for the Giants and Vikings, he's there. That, that's, you know, that one there, Aljepe University and Alpha Ape University, those, that's, those are two teams that are real. I feel really on the cusp from breaking out. And uh, the logos are hot, but, but that one specifically, I'm very interested to track to see, okay, how does that play out there? And for uh, Rebellion State and War Dogs, you two teams trying to pick up their first dub. So, Always something going on. Okay, let's end on this one. It's from Arnie, and he says, on a scale of awesome to superb, is Tom Brady still a superb goat? And listen, my we had fill-in-the-blanks yesterday, and my fill-in-the-blank was, well, the one question was, blank is going to disappoint fantasy owners this year. And my answer was Tom Brady. Now, I don't think Tom Brady's going to be awful, but I just think at some point the the the, the ceiling is going to come down and people are not going to get the same production out of Tom Brady. He's 45. He's got a lot of bleep going on. So I think there's going to be uh, not as significant He's you know, he's not going to be like a quarterback 15 or something, but I think there's going to be a, a downgrade. I'm not sure Tom Brady finishes inside. This is my bold prediction. Tom Brady finishes outside quarterback top 10 this year. Oh, okay. And you know what? Maybe if Tom Brady should be sent this because we know he's always looking for a kick. He's going to say, I'll show that, Dean. I'll show him. Look at me, 5,000 yards plus last year. Here's the thing with guys like Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, et cetera. They're not running, okay? So you're not True. getting those extra fantasy points from the yards. So if they're not balling out, if they're not throwing for 300 yards, no picks, three, four touchdowns, you're not having a good fantasy game. He is also had a lot of trouble playing against the New Orleans Saints, specifically in New Orleans where they are this week. So that's mm -hmm. something to track. And if we're looking at, let's say, DFS, or if you have another quarterback option, look, you could do worse than playing Tom Brady. Don't of course. But if, 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 let's say, in a DFS lineup you're looking, might try to avoid Tom Brady this week. Maybe try to do something like a little under, more under the radar, like a Kirk Cousins perhaps, something like that. It was huge last I think that could be... That could be pretty interesting, too. I got one more. I got one more. Uh, ask any that came in on Twitter it, if you want me to it. read it out. Yeah, you bet. This comes from at Ben Naxon, at AndyMC81, folks, as well on Twitter. Says, so I punted on the tight end in my drafts and ended up with Hunter Henry. Ooh, bad choice. I want no part of Patriots anymore. LOL. Full PPR. Who do you like best from Everett, Higby, Thomas, and Hurst? And the Thomas, I'm hoping, is Logan Thomas, not Ian Thomas from uh, the Panthers. <laughs> I'm liking Logan Thomas, team, from the Commanders. I'm liking Logan Thomas. Came back early from that serious knee injury. Carson Wentz, two interceptions, but the dude balled out. Crazy. Uh, you know, now, the thing is, you got a lot of mouths to feed, and it could go a lot of different ways in Washington because Curtis Samuel went off. Antonio Gibson looked really good, right? So you still got Terry McLaurin floating around. Uh, but Thomas... When healthy, we and of course Carson Wentz wasn't there last year, so that's another thing. But he got some targets, got some reps. I think out of that group, Logan Thomas feels the safest to me and somebody with a high ceiling. I don't hate having Hayden Hurst as a stash on your bench. I've done that personally in one of my redraft leagues because in Cincinnati, I wanted to see. And I've been bullish on Hayden Hurst. I just don't think he's gotten a chance in his career going back to his Atlanta days. Um, I, I, I am a lot of talent there. Uh, so Hayden Hurst sort of as a stash. Logan Thomas is the play. Beautiful. 
I absolutely love it. Uh, the the Eagles um, Vikings game I think could be a really high offensive game. Uh, I like Jalen Hurts in that game, and and you mentioned Kirk Cousins, so that's that's you know like yeah. there are options out there, especially if you're in daily. Sometimes in your other leagues, uh, and you got to look up matchups. You got to look at history. You got to look at protection. The protection isn't that and great weather. for Tom Brady. No, you're right. Now, now you know, Brady can get the ball out of his hands super quick. We know that, but you're not going to have. Chris Godwin, right? So that's that's right. something else to keep in mind. Um, that Eagles Viking game, the set, the late game of the doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Uh, boy, that's that's pretty much a pick 'em right now. The yeah. Philly, as of right now, two point favorite. Which you know, usually you're granted three as a home, so that's that's pretty much a wash. I could see that one going either way. I love Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. uh, but Kirk Cousins and to Justin Jefferson. Like, oh my goodness, Jefferson was my top ranked fantasy guy. What a stud! What an absolute stud! He was beautiful. Thank you so much, my man. Ask Andy every Thursday. And, of course, you'll be here on Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, Ultimate Fantasy Football. And and that is such an important time for people, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time frame is so important because the last injury report comes out at 1130, the official one for those 1 o'clock games. So you need to know what decisions to make last second, right? Because one switch Right, one switch can have ripple effects all the way down. Uh, you know, like look at this week, especially like we're gonna find out Sunday. Not an updated injury report, uh, Dean. But okay, what are we gonna do with the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, Cooper Rush. Oh, we're gonna dive into that big time. We're gonna go through start sits for the big games. Take your questions, of course, on there and give you some of our hot plays. Danger zone picks as well, which is always fun. Or sort of our bold predictions. You can get those in. That's 11 a.m. Eastern. This Sunday and every Sunday during the NFL season, Ultimate Fantasy Football Show. Love it, my man. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we'll talk soon. We'll see you on Sunday. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. You bet. There's Andy McNamara. Of course, uh, follow him on Twitter, AndyMC81. Use the hashtag AskAndy. He will get you your fantasy advice, and he'll have it right here. 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, Twitch.tv slash Ultimate Fantasy Sports. It's Ultimate Fantasy Football with Andy McNamara on Sunday. Tony says he won one game, Arnie, as of, as uh, to Tom Brady. I don't think Arnie liked my uh, Brady's going to be outside of the top 10. Tony, did you see the looks he was giving guys when they messed up? He is an angry elf. He always is angry. He's always like that. He, like, look, and I... I don't blame him. So he's a competitor, and he's the best. He's the GOAT, but he's going to disappoint this year. Sorry, people. It's not The run isn't over. He's just not going to be a top-five quarterback, and I don't think top-10. That's probably going to come back to bite me, but still. My bold prediction on Thursdays. Feel free to chime in with your own bold prediction as well. When we come back, though, we're going to switch gears. We're going to dive into uh, some hockey talk as we have our Dauber Hockey Florida Panthers preview, a team that made some changes this year. Are they changes for the better? We'll find out. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Game. We're back in a second.
righty, 5.30 Eastern time, uh, 2.30 Pacific, and uh, the Blue Jays are losing 5 nothing after uh, 7.5, uh, or the mid-8th, rather. Yeah, so seven and a half innings. The Blue Jays are down five nothing and uh, not looking good. And Kevin Gossman on the hill. Um, as for where where everything sits at uh, when it comes to Major League Baseball, last time I checked a whole lot. It was, it was last night. It's basically the Jays have now jumped in front of Tampa, but that's going to change after today. They don't have to uh, worry too much about Baltimore, just like uh, Mike Wilner said. But Toronto's in the top wild card spot right now. Um, half a game up on Seattle. That means they host. That's going to change today, though, because uh, Tampa Bay most likely is going to beat the Jays. Uh, and you, know, you look at... The rest of the uh, league, it's pretty much the same. Houston, New York, Cleveland, uh, barely, barely holding on uh, over the White Sox. Uh, the White Sox beating them today 8-2, to two, so they gain ground. They're three games back now. Uh, Seattle, as mentioned, in the wild card. Uh, in the National League, the Mets barely holding off Atlanta by a half a game. St. Louis has a handle on the Brewers and the Dodgers easily have things clinched uh, but the National League wild card is quite interesting uh, Atlanta home and cooled they're 10 games uh, up Philadelphia looks like it's somewhat confident with five straight wins in the last and and seven wins in their last 10 they got a two and a half game lead on San Diego the Padres lead by two over the Brewers and the Giants are nine games back so almost all teams uh, have been decided it's just a matter of where Everybody ends up who is going to host. And remember, the Blue Jays, they want that top wildcard spot because you get to host the entire series. So that'll be huge uh, for uh, the Blue Jays um, and, you know, Canadian baseball fans to get back in the playoffs because certainly it is uh, definitely a, a, a lot more fun uh, when the playoffs are uh, rolling on. That's for sure. Oh, we don't need it. We don't. We don't. Andy's not here. Uh, pushed the wrong button, unfortunately. All right, uh, still to come on the program, we'll get to some baseball news. Uh, but right now, uh, we have to get to our Dauber Hockey Preview, and we are discussing the Florida Panthers on today's show. And the Panthers, quite an interesting team, uh, quite an interesting offseason for sure. Obviously, in the thick of the things when it came to uh, Matthew Kachuk. But they gave up, you know, like, listen, when that trade first happened, the reason I was surprised was because everybody knew the position the Flames were in. Yeah, they got Kachuk, but they gave up Jonathan Huberto. He's a really great player. Kachuk, obviously much more physical. So the top three fantasy players for me uh, when it comes to this club, you've got Barkoff, who, you know, might still be one of the most underrated players in the entire NHL. He does everything. And his $10 million contract could look like a really good deal 
especially if what is true with Nathan McKinnon. We'll get to that in a second. Barkoff, Kachuk, Verhage. That's the line combinations, uh, courtesy of Puckpedia, which get it from Daily Faceoff. We'll get to what Dauber Hockey is going with in a second. Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhardt, and Balsers. He is an interesting guy. Lundell on the third line. Ryan Lomberg, an interesting guy in the fourth line. Obviously, Ekblad steps up. No Mackenzie Weger, though. And that Mark that Stahl, I don't know why they have Stahl on the, the blue line, because Mark Stahl is uh I don't know. That's a that's a weird situation. Anyway, Barkov, Kachuk, Ekblad, your top three fantasy performers. I'm going with Anton Lundell of the Stallions and Ian Constable to break out. And Brandon Montour of the Royals is my sleeper. Just because I think he can score some goals. Like, I think he's going to be able to, he might be able to get double-digit goals, even though he's a, a third-pairing uh, guy. Uh, so, I don't know. Those line combinations seem to be uh, a little bit outdated. Uh, but we'll see. Kachuk, Barkoff, Reinhardt, Bennett, Lundell, Verhage. And then you have uh, Rudolph's Balsers. Got him down for 15 goals. Alexi Hepianemi is an interesting player. Again, I like this team a lot more when they had uh, they had uh, Huberto and Uyghur, but I understand. What's going to happen with Reinhardt, Sam Bennett? Where do those guys slide in? And the biggest um, question that Florida has to answer, in my opinion, is who's going to play goal long-term? Like, if it's Spencer Knight, when do you start transitioning to Spencer Knight? I don't know what goalie Bob has left on his contract. I'm going to check it out right now. Bobrovsky's got four more years at $10 million. You can't. You're not going to wait four years for Spencer Knight. So they got to find some way to get rid of goalie Bob, because you can't have a ten million dollar backup either. And you, you know, if you try to buy this contract out, oh my goodness! Like, let's say next year you're going to buy this contract out. You're paying 6.6 for three years, then 1.6 for another three years. So what's the point of doing that? Yeah, you have a $6 million backup that's not even there. Not even a backup. So the biggest question for me is what is Florida going to do in goal, and when do they start that transition? Should be soon. Arnie says trade Bob to the Oilers. Yeah, because the Oilers have so much cap space. But seriously, that's I, I like this team a lot with Huberto. I still like this team, and I think Matthew Kachuk's going to be really good. But I 
and, and and it's I guess it's a good problem to have. You got two goalies that are pretty good, but one of them's making ten million, and he is for the next four years, and the other guy is your first round pick that you took a few years ago. So something's got to give when it comes to the Panthers goaltending situation. Not this year, but at some point. Like I, I would want Spencer Knight to be playing more than thirty-seven games. Maybe it's a 50-50 this year. I don't know. I guess it obviously depends on who's playing the best. By the way, speaking of the best, 35 years ago today, one of the greatest goals ever. Larry Murphy, the greatest decoy in hockey history. Pretty impressive. Uh, I mentioned earlier about Nathan McKinnon's contract. Uh, This is an interesting tweet about it. Nathan McKinnon, speaking at the NHL Player Media Tour, says his extension with the Avalanche is pretty close. He's hoping it'll get done soon. As for the AAV, it will be fair but not going to be a single digit. So Nathan McKinnon didn't really tell us anything. Of course it's not going to be a single digit. Whoever thought Nathan McKinnon isn't at least getting $10 million? So that tweet told us nothing, and Nathan McKinnon obviously isn't going to say a whole lot, but he's not taking less than ten. I'd be surprised if he gets less than 11, and I wouldn't be shocked if he got... The, the reason he won't take 12, in my opinion, is he wants to save a little bit. Now, a million dollars can save you a, a bit. The, you know, the the Golden Knights saw signed Phil Kessel to a million-and-a-half-dollar deal this year. So a million dollars can can help out. So maybe McKinnon goes 10-and-a-half, but I would say it's probably an 11. It's probably starting with two ones. As far as chasing history, it didn't happen last night. So Aaron Judge at 57 home runs still, 19 games remaining. And there's the leaders. Roger Maris, the American League record, 61 and 61. Uh, Sammy Sosa, that was in 1999. Not, not, it wasn't like year 199. And then there are the rest of them. One of these things just doesn't belong. Remember that Sesame Street game? One of these things just doesn't belong. Yeah, the guy that wasn't juicing in 1961. He doesn't belong. Aaron Judge belongs on that list. He's going to be ahead of Roger Maris at some point. 19 games to go. The judge will rise again. And speaking of records, how about... Wayne Lena, Adam Wainwright, and Yadier Molina set the Major League Baseball record with their 325th start as pitcher and catcher. What a battery. That is very, very impressive. Uh, Two guys that have been in St. Louis a long time. I think like 15 years they've been together. And they're watching Albert Pujols chase number 700 as well. So... Lots to be excited about in St. Louis. They're going to the playoffs. Paul Goldschmidt could win the NL MVP. 
could win the Triple Crown, could help the Prairie Wheat Sox win UFLB. The Reapers loving the uh, Mo Wayne Lena combo, though, as they are certainly getting it done. All right, uh, we're going to duck out for a uh, quick commercial break. When we come back, though, we're going to dive into what's happening tonight, games to watch, and we will also take a look back at our uh, question of the day and our top three. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, twitch.tv slash ultimatefantasysports, or you might be watching on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We're back right after this. Thanks very much uh, for sticking around for the entire show. We are into the final segment of the program. Big thanks to Andy McNamara. Ask Andy every Thursday and, of course, Ultimate Fantasy Football Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on our Twitch channel. And also Eric Grossman, who joined us from What's Your Call Sports. Uh, Fun uh, chat about some baseball rule changes that are going to impact players, and he was also with the Blue Jays for a number of years. The Blue Jays down 6 nothing in the uh, ninth inning, so their lead over Tampa in the wild card will fall to just a half a game, and uh, this is going to be an interesting run. 
I have no doubt the Toronto Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs, but where they finish is anybody's guess. Uh, by the way, if you are in the UFHL and you haven't got your votes into Commissioner Andrea yet. Shame. 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 Warming up the shame bell. Sharice has it ready. You will be shamed if you do not send in your votes. Uh, we have another meeting this weekend. So very important for people uh, to get those in. All right, our question of the day. Let's circle back to that as we wrap things up, and then we'll get to games to watch. But what is your favorite hockey goal ever? Uh, today is the 35th anniversary of uh, this iconic goal in 1987. For me, it's my favorite goal. Love it. I mean, honestly, if, if Mario wanted an easy one, he could have just fed Murphy for the tap-in, but Murphy played the role as a decoy about as good as my friend Jeff did getting into the Roger Waters concert the other night. So good on Larry Murphy for the decoy. And one of the coolest parts about this goal is off the face-off. So Mike Keenan sent Dale Howarchuk out to take the draw. And you'll see Howarchuk won the draw. And then right here, cuts in front, little tug on the uh, pant leg of the Russian player to knock him down. And, you know, just buy Mario an extra second or two. I'm not sure if it would have an impact. But there, like Larry Murphy must, like I wonder if Murphy wakes up at night's because he missed the net. Like, in, in his world, he did get the pass, and he missed the tap-in. That would be freaky. So, what is your favorite hockey goal ever? That is the question of the day. And Roger Federer retire, announcing he's retiring today after the Laver Cup. So, who are your top three favorite men's tennis players? Uh, I went with Boris Becker, John McEnroe, Michael Chang. Chang, just because of the underhanded serve versus Ivan Lendl. If you've never seen that, look it up on YouTube. It's really cool. Uh, I think it was pretty much, I think it was at Wimbledon. Underhand, when Michael Chang was 16. Very, very cheeky. McEnroe, because he was a lunatic, and Boris Becker, because he dove all over the place. Uh, and as for what we're watching tonight, it's going to be this ball game. Chiefs, Chargers. Uh, this is going to be, you know, last week's game was hyped up and one team showed up offensively really, really strong. I think both of these teams uh, show up. The only decision I'm questioning on this list is MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. If I had a do-over, I might sit him. But it depends on your receiver depth. If you got somebody who's a number two on their team, I would put them in ahead. He's the number three or four option on this team. Travis Kelsey, number one. And then Juju and Clyde Edwards-Alaire might be tied at number two because Clyde Edwards-Alaire is pretty good out of the backfield. Uh, so Scantling could be number three, maybe number four, uh, depending on what else is going on. Joshua Palmer will get elevated tonight. So will Mike Williams because Keenan Allen is out for the Chargers. So if you're if you're wavering on either of those guys, get them in the lineup. Start Eckler, start Eber Herbert, start Williams, start Palmer. Sit Joshua Kelly, sit Gerald Everett. 
sit Jarek McKinnon, and I'm, I'm, I would go sit Marquez Valdez-Scantling unless you don't have a better option. That's what I would be going with, though. Uh, when it comes to a little Thursday night football on Amazon tonight, very cool. Uh, good news uh, for baseball fans. Justin Verlander is set to return, and Shane McClanahan uh, pitched for the Rays today against the Blue Jays. So that's uh, excellent news uh, for those in fantasy baseball that are, you know, if you're in the UFLB, you go right into the playoffs. We have a full playoff. If you're in other leagues, you're getting set or in the playoffs right now, and you need Verlander. Um, Two guys who people think uh, will get consideration, a lot of consideration for the Cy Young, although with them being on the shelf, it opened the door for guys like Alec Manoa. Uh, the Rays, uh, as I said, activated uh, McLennan, and he pitched the uh, series today. Verlander is going to pitch the start of the series against Oakland tomorrow for Houston. So make sure you get him in there. He's still leading the majors in ERA, ERA+, plus, whip, and wins while boasting a 5.92 strikeout-to-walk ratio through 24 starts and 152 innings. Uh, Dre Jameson is getting a bump to the rotation for the Arizona Diamondbacks, the 25-year-old, whose first name is Dre. Um, He was the 34th pick in 2019 out of Ball State. He struggled in AAA, but they're going to give him a shot. And the uh, Giants are saying they're fully behind their ownership. Uh, how, that's, that would be silly. They had an anomaly year last year. They're trying to rebuild it. Keep Gabe Kapler. Keep Farhan Zaidi. And keep going. All right. As for what we're watching tonight, obviously, um, you know, not a lot of baseball games uh, with uh, so many day games uh, earlier today. Uh, Obviously, the Chiefs and the Chargers are uh, the big game to be watching. Uh, But you can catch the the end of the Astros, the A's, uh, and you can see uh, if the Twins can um, get any ground in the Central Division as they take on the Royals tonight with uh, Mr. Bundy taking the hill. That's going to wrap things up for a Thursday edition. We're back tomorrow to have some fun. Uh, Thank you so much to uh, Eric Grossman and Andy McNamara for joining me on the program today. And, of course, you, uh, the viewer and the listener, for joining us on the show. We're back again tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Twitch dot tv slash ultimate fantasy sports we'll see you later thanks now bye-bye 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 bye-bye